0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store.
1: Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. We gotta bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice. Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and The Spectator.
2: Especially Grace. Grace, stand up.
1: Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley.
0: Welcome back to The Grace Curley Show. I'm Caroline Lovett filling in for The Great Grace Curley On this beautiful, wonderful Friday. And I want to play this cut for you that Jared and I just found. This is Mr. Wonderful absolutely going to town on our girl Tish James up in New York City. It's a good one. Jared, hit it. You've been doing real estate for decades. Does this case strike you as odd?
3: Well, let's leave out Trump for a minute and let's leave out politics and just talk about what happens in real estate development anywhere. So, if you're a developer and you've got a building on on a block anywhere in America and it's worth, let's say, $500 million and you want to build a building right beside it, you go to the bank and say, this building is worth $500 million. I'd like to borrow a construction finance loan against this asset. And i want you to tell me it's worth 500 million too and the bank negotiates with you and says well no we think it's worth 400 million and you fight it out you're always trying to show your assets in the brightest light with the sunshine you can possibly determine for them you want them to be worth the very most because you're only going to get a 40 or 50 percent loan to value as it's called then you borrow that money in the case of a $500 million asset, maybe you get $250 million and you build a new building with a construction finance loan. And so that's what this case is all about. What? And, and by the way, forget about Trump. Every single real estate developer everywhere on earth does this. They always talk about their asset being worth a lot and the bank says no. And That's just the way it is. So. In this case, when I'm trying to figure out, and I'm not pro or con, or I don't care about the politics, who lost money? Nobody. The bank got paid back the construction finance loan, and a new building was built, and if if you're gonna sue this case and win, you gotta sue every real estate developer everywhere. This is all they do. This is what they do all day long, every day. So I don't think this thing will ever survive appeal, regardless of what the fine is, this doesn't even make sense. Now, look, I know Trump's got a lot of problems in other indictments and everything else. But but this if you're a real estate developer, you're watching this, you're saying, what is this? This is ridiculous.
0: Smart words from a smart man. And I mean, everyone with common sense and a brain can see what they're doing in the New York court, led by Tish James, who, as we all know, campaigned on getting Donald Trump. That was her campaign promise to the people of New York City, not getting, or the state of New York, rather, not getting the violent criminals and rapists that are causing havoc and running free all over the city. And then you have the judge in Goron, who is a total, utter fool, a disgusting man, inside and definitely outside, too. And... He and his wife are are partisans. They have Trump derangement syndrome. His wife has posted disgusting things on Twitter about President Trump. Here's President Trump responding to the case yesterday. Again, we know there were closing arguments yesterday in New York City. President Trump was denied the right to speak on the st- in the courtroom. He held a press conference afterward. But here he is just a few moments ago on Truth Social. Why didn't Judge Ngoron announce his de- decision yesterday after we proved conclusively that I did nothing wrong, as Mr. Wonderful was just? explaining as well no jury allowed great financial statements no victims no fraud no crimes happy banks and insurance companies only success in profits and a corrupt New York State Attorney General who sat comfortably and confidently in court yesterday with her shoes off arms folded a Starbucks coffee and a big smile on her face just like she knows exactly what the decision will be the closing argument of the state was pathetic no witnesses and no evidence against me legal scholars are killing the AG and judge for this witch hunt. The judge is being badly influenced and the gag order must come off. Remember, this judge ruled against me before the trial even started and he knew nothing about the case. The public is angry over this hoax. This trial is rigged. Where's the lie, Jared?
4: <laughs> I detect no... The uh, the meter detects no lies.
0: I detect no no lies at all. What a waste of taxpayer money uh, for the great people in the state of New York. It's such a sham, and it's sad to see. 844 500 Text Curly to 617-213-1066. Okay, totally switching gears right now. So excited about this segment. When I was guest hosting for Grace one in the summertime, one of the breaking news stories that we covered extensively was the wildfires in Maui. No one seemed to be giving us real answers on what was going on except for... One gentleman who was all over Twitter uh, because he was reporting honestly on the truth. He was on the ground in Maui. Nick Sorter joined us then. He joins us today to give us an update. Nick, thanks so much for joining the Grace Curley Show again.
5: Thank you, much. Thank you so much for having me, Caroline. And I'm, I'm glad that people like you are still paying attention to this story.
0: We are still paying attention to this story because we care about our fellow Americans. And what happened in Maui was so devastating. Thousands of people displaced from their homes. Our federal government gave them 700 bucks a pop. I mean, in Hawaii, that gets you about a week's worth of groceries. And that's all they did. Meanwhile, Joe Biden's administration is still begging the taxpayers that listen to this show every day and get up and go to work and work hard uh, to funnel money over to the conflict in Ukraine with no end to planet or no plan to end it in sight. So we want to talk to you about this because we care. And, you know, as as a taxpaying citizen, I wouldn't mind helping my fellow American citizens rather than people across the globe. So how are the people of Maui doing? And what is the current scene on the ground there, Nick Sorter? So
5: one of the biggest issues is that we're seeing because the media decided to go away, a lot of these people are now really been thrown into a much worse position than they were in before because they weren't getting a lot of support from the federal government or the state government back then and they're definitely not getting it right now uh biden went there he made all these promises you know fema made all these promises the sba made all these promises and most of the people there were only 12 percent of applicants sba applicants uh, that had their loans approved, 12%. Hardly any of those have even been paid out at this point. Most people can't even go and, and still do anything with their property in Lahaina. You still need a permit to get through. You, you, they, they won't allow anybody in. Uh, they're not allowing insurance adjusters in to go take pictures of their uh, of their homes so they can't get insurance payouts. Um, who, the city hasn't approved a single permit
0: Nick who is so not allowing Who's not allowing them in Are there fed, are the feds on the ground in Maui Or is it the local government is it, is it like roped off by police Like who's not letting these people Go see their own property That they own
5: The U.S. government is still in full control Out there uh, but the, the state government Pretty much uh, works At the behest of the, of mm-hmm. the U.S. government Which is uh, and you can just imagine how how well that works
0: that is so bizarre so have we had any answers as to why they are not allowing these people to see their property
5: well so their the claim right now is that it's uh, that the the properties are contaminated and that it's going to take it could take another year for people to actually have full access to their properties at this point. Uh they are they're trying to figure out what to do with all the contaminated material that's on the ground there and uh, I I'm actually headed back out there next week because there's a they're they're trying to take it and put it like uphill from Lahaina and, and bury all this toxic stuff and you know people are outraged about it. It and more as more and more time goes on, people are starting to believe, even people that didn't believe it back then mm-hmm. that this that they're just trying to to make these people give up, and hopefully they'll just go away.
0: You know, they say that the difference between a a conspiracy theory and the truth is just six months. So give it some time. And I think these people Mm -hmm. will realize the corruption that's taken place. And also the lack of effective response. Nick, I remember when you joined us in this in the summer. And I remember the rage in your voice. You were so infuriated because the emergency system went out. There were no answers for that. Uh, they blocked off exits and actually prevented people from escaping from the fires. And then you had that moron who was in charge of the water who said that uh, it it took them five hours to release the water to fan the flames in the name of equity. So first of all, has that guy been held accountable? Is he still in his position? And I also want to ask you if there's any questions or answers on those other questions I asked about the emergency system and why it went out.
5: Yeah, so, uh, the, the, no, nothing has changed when it came to, uh, when it comes to the, the, the guy who decided to hold the water back. Uh, the, the way that the Hawaiian government works, it seems like, that, I mean, it, it is just, it is ripe with corruption, right? So I, I don't know why this guy is still in his position. It's mind boggling to me. But one of the other aspects of, uh, of your questions there, was they blocked the roads, and they never said why. And But we also don't know who gave the order to block the roads still. Nobody, nobody will speak out about that. Uh, no. The police chief is still in charge, uh, and he won't say whether or not he gave the order. He's pretty much been in hiding since this whole thing happened. Reporters have never been able to talk to him. Still? I would love to be able to do that, but for some reason, he's on. No, nobody has been able to talk to him.
0: You guys can't find him. Like, has anyone showed up at his home? No one knows where he is. He's not there. And correct yeah, me if he's I'm wrong. Total hiding. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. But I saw reporting that the police chief in Maui, uh, where there's a lot of questions, is the same police chief that was or, or that was in, res- in charge of the response in Las Vegas for the greatest mass shooting in American history that there are still a lot of questions for. Is that true? Same man?
5: That is 100% correct. Absolutely correct. Okay. And that's one of the most disturbing parts about this uh, this entire situation.
0: We have some people texting in on our live rumble feed saying that they believe it's a land grab from our government. Uh, What's your take on that, Nick, as an independent journalist who's been on the ground and who has been talking to the people and seeing what's going on you know do you think that our government had a role in what happened in maui burning down this part of the the island
5: you know at a very minimum they let it happen there were so many different warning signs there were so many people saying for years and years and years that this was going to end up happening because they had a very close call with it just a couple of years ago uh, where you know the town was in grave danger of burning to the ground, and nobody did anything about it. Uh, it, it and I, I will say that more and more residents are believing that as well. They are believing that it that it is merely a land grab because they're they're squeezing these people out. Mm-hmm. They are they if they're if they're not getting any financial support, and they don't know when they're going to be able to be to, to go back on the property could be a year, two years, uh, and they're not getting any housing assistance or anything anymore. Then they don't have a choice. They have to leave the island. And that's what a lot of people are doing. People people I know that I became good friends with while I was out there. That's what they're doing. They're leaving the island. They can't help it. Mm-hmm. They're being forced out. So that's, that's what I'm saying. More and more people are believing it. it was a it was a land grab.
0: Yeah, I mean, as much as you want to stay at your home, you have a life to live. You have kids to feed. You have You know you need to make an income and you can't do that there next order it's so deeply disturbing to think about what's going on and the fact that our government doesn't seem to care they're not talking about it uh they are not thinking about it at all real quick before i have to let you go uh oprah and the rock begging people to donate two two millionaires multi-millionaires sure that didn't go over too well. And have they been involved at all since that stupid fundraiser that they posted about?
5: You know, so they the their involvement has been uh, light, to say the least. But at this point, it seems like they've given out a little bit more money than even the federal government has, because the federal government has hardly helped anybody with anything. Mm. Uh, So, you know, at least at least they paid something out at this point. It took a long time, but uh, it, it you know, I guess better late than never. And Yeah. Uh, and, but very few people are, are pulling any money out of that fund. It's, it's a very, very specific fund.
0: Wow. Nick Sorter, thanks so much for the update. Lots of questions remain. We'd love to have you back again, and uh, take care when you're out there reporting on the facts. Need more like you. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Karen. Quick break, guys. We'll be right back. Call in. What's your thoughts?
1: Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curly Show.
0: Welcome back to The Grace Curley Show. I'm Caroline Levitt, guest hosting for Grace on this gorgeous Friday. Today's poll question is brought to you by Rizzo Insurance. When was the last time you had your insurance audited? Rizzo saved one of my coworkers over $1,700. To get your insurance audited, go to RizzoInsurance.com. Jared, how's the poll question doing?
4: Well, today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurlyShow.com is what do you think will be the most likely GOP primary matchup after the Iowa caucuses? Nikki Haley versus Trump, Ron DeSantis versus Trump, Nikki Haley versus Ron DeSantis, or all three stay in?
0: I am going with the last option. All three stay in. What's our audience think, Jared?
4: 69% say all three stay in. 17% think it will be Nikki Haley versus Trump. 11% think it will be DeSantis versus Trump. And 3% think it will be Nikki Haley versus Ron DeSantis.
0: 3%? So that's like a couple of... Possibly
4: looks. contrarians.
0: Who are you? You better call in. Let's debate it. It's 844-542-42. It's probably a couple of moon bats out there, and I want to talk to you. 617 on the text line, which, by the way, you can participate in it, Six one seven two one three ten sixty six. 617-213-1066. Says Caroline, I predict that DeSantis will drop out after Iowa and endorse President Trump. I think that will be his only chance to have a shot in 2028. His votes will likely go to Trump the next week in New Hampshire, canceling any votes that Bird Brain may have picked up from Krispy Kreme. 617, not a bad take. Okay, I don't disagree. I just come from the pessimistic approach that all politicians have egos. And Ron DeSantis has now said on the record to the media that he's staying in for the long haul. I mean, that's what they always say, but we'll see. And you're right that his votes would uh, very much likely go to President Trump's uh, pre- or President Trump, rather, in New Hampshire. 844 As for Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, they've been making some interesting comments about the prospect of a Biden-Trump matchup next November. Uh, Freudian slip by Nancy Pelosi or a greater gender at hand. I don't know. You tell me. Here she is on CNN this morning. Cut one.
1: This is a neck and neck race and no one feels very comfortable on the Democratic side of things that Donald Trump isn't going to be the next president.
0: Well, I don't think that nobody
4: feels. I think many of us know that it's impossible uh, for him to be the president again.
0: Two things there. CNN host says, many of us on the Democrat side of the aisle, I thought you were supposed to be an independent journalist, but okay, we get it. You're not fooling us anyway. And then Nancy Pelosi, many of us know it is impossible for Trump to be president again.
4: Can we we get an explanation as to why that is?
0: Fancy Nancy thinks she's speaking the quiet plan out loud. Don't let it happen. We'll be right back.
1: Live from the Aviva Tratria studio.
0: It's Caroline Levitt on the microphone for the great Grace Curly today. And as you all probably know by now, I am going to Iceland, baby. And you have the opportunity to come with me. Howie Carr, Radio Network, teaming up with Colette Travel Agency. And we are going to Iceland. It's going to be so much fun. I already know it. Joining me now is Mr. Jim Edwards, who is the Vice President of the Global Affinity Development for Colette Travel. And he's here to talk about the trip to Iceland in November later this year. Hello, Jim, and thank you so much for allowing me to participate in this trip. I am so thrilled.
6: Good afternoon, Caroline. Thank you for squeezing us in and giving us a little bit of time this afternoon.
0: Absolutely. So first, Jim, uh, please tell us a little bit about Colette for those who have not heard about the company and what you guys do for your customers.
6: Absolutely. So we are actually the oldest running travel operator, um, really, you could say in the world. Uh, We date back to 1918, uh, American-owned, family-operated company. Uh, We have offices also in um, Australia and Canada, but We're a premium guided travel operator, travel to all seven continents. Uh, Hotels are going to be places like the Chateau Lake Louise, historic Jekyll Island Club, Greenbrier, castles in Ireland. Uh, And many of your listeners might have seen us on Wheel of Fortune. Uh, Over the last 30 years, we've been giving away the grand prize. So when Pat and Vanna spin that wheel and it lands on a a great trip,
0: uh, that's Colette. Yeah. I didn't even know that. That is amazing. How cool.
6: Yeah. As a matter of fact, if you tuned in this week, you've seen us all week. We gave a lot, away a lot of prizes this week. And listeners might have seen us also on Hallmark. Whenever you see those uh, holiday uh, shows that come out in November, December, you'll also see uh, some of our ads as well. So, Yeah.
0: Well, I think that's great for a lot of our audience to hear Uh, in this crazy world. It is good to know that we will be safe with Colette Travel. So if you could talk to us a little bit about the guided tours that you guys provide and just, you know, maybe assure some of our audience members who want to participate in the trip, but maybe a little bit uneasy uh, about traveling overseas. What can you provide them in terms of safety information for your tours?
6: yeah great question. So you know travel is booming, and Iceland is in high demand. matter of fact if if the listeners uh, check out our website, you'll see most of our dates are already sold out all throughout next year, even into the fall. but um one thing that you have with Colette is uh, experience more than a century in business uh, and a company that you can trust so if Something happens, and uh, things go sideways. You can trust Colette to always do right by our partners and our guests. That uh, that means taking care of people and if there's an emergency. Um, we just had one in, in Israel October 7th. We actually had 100 uh, of our guests in Israel at the time, and with our experience, we're able to get those folks. Uh, that was actually a Saturday. got them over to Jordan on Sunday. They were on a plane coming home on Monday to the United States. So those are the types of things that Colette does. And uh, one of the things that a lot of your listeners might already uh, also know is that we have a travel protection that's second to none in the industry. Uh, Folks can purchase extra, um, the travel protection, which allows them to cancel up until 24 hours before departure for any reason, even a bad hair day like I'm having today, Caroline.
0: (laughs) Me too, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, well, I, I do think that is assuring to so many uh, people because life is unpredictable. So that's very kind and generous that you guys offer that to your travelers. And wow, that's an amazing story about Israel. So glad to hear that the travelers were returned home safely. And I am sure they were very thankful they were traveling with Colette and not by themselves, you know, without a company to look at like yours to look out for them. Um, so let's talk about Iceland. I've never been there. Frankly, admittedly, I am uh, naive to the Icelandic culture. In fact, I am looking at some of the highlights of the trip. And Jim, you're going to have to help me out because I don't think I can pronounce many of these words. I'm just going to be honest. I'm an honest person. But I know we're going to visit the Northern Lights, the Blue Lagoon, which I see all over Instagram these days. Very popular place. Could you please talk to us about Iceland and some of the highlights of this trip with Colette?
6: Absolutely. So don't miss out uh, for the listeners who are tuning in right now. There's people that are already signed up to go, uh, part of your listeners. We only can take 32 people. So um, don't miss out. Uh, you definitely want to make your decision quick. We're leaving November 16th through the 22nd. It's up to Saturday through Friday. And um, it's going to be a flight from Boston to Reykjavik. Uh, by the way, Iceland, uh, it's a land forged by fire and ice. We're going to see uh, steaming lava fields, massive glaciers that sculpt mountains and valleys, leaving thundering waterfalls. Some of these waterfalls uh, cascade from 200 feet up. Some of them are um, two uh, dual waterfalls, uh, plunging fjords. It's really a land of many natural wonders. And we're going to have the rare opportunity to go in search of the Aurora Borealis, those are the magical northern lights. And that's what's so popular about Iceland right now. Everyone wants to go to see the magical northern lights. So each night, Caroline, uh, you and the listeners, we're going to take you outside of the hotel after dinner. By the way, it gets, it'll gets it be getting dark at 4 o'clock in November, so uh, there'll be plenty of time um, for darkness. And that's when, when you want to see the lights. Right. Um, and that's how you can see the lights. So we'll walk outside of the hotel and maybe a... a Few steps um, around the uh, the hotel, and uh, you'll see the magical northern lights. And it, it is incredible.
0: Wow! Well, I am very excited, and listening to you describe all of those uh, places we will be traveling, I I was just closing my eyes and imagining it. It's it sounds very relaxing. It sounds like it will be a wholesome trip. And you know, a, a, a place worth seeing. So, the flight is direct. How long is the flight, Jim, from Boston to Iceland?
6: Super short. Uh, it is only a five hour flight. Uh, so we'll leave about eight o'clock in the evening, we'll land at six in the morning. And uh, what's great about it also is we have somewhat like a personal concierge that's going to be with you and, and the listeners every step of the way nice. so the, from the time you clear customs. Uh, we'll be showing you the sights and being with you every step of the way. But when we land, we're going to be able to check right into our hotel, which is not normally the case. We'll check in, we'll have breakfast, we'll have a walking tour of Reykjavik. And later on, we're going to take, uh, take our first chance to go out and see the incredible um, Aurora Borealis. And uh, that's at Faxo Floyd Bay. Uh, we're going to actually take a cruise after dinner and um, – have a chance to see some of those lights. But really, when you, the best place to see the lights is when you get out of the big cities. Um, Reykjavik, uh, can't really call it a big city, but uh, for Iceland standards, when you have about 300,000 people that live in a whole entire country, it is. Mm. <laughs> and we got to get away from there. So our first night and last night is going to be in Reykjavik, and then we're going to be down in on the southern portion of the island in Vík. Uh, for three nights. And that's where we're going to see just amazing sights down there.
0: Oh, it sounds incredible. Uh, One last question about the trip is the food. I mean, I love food. I think everyone loves food, Jim. So all the meals are planned. I'm sure you guys know the best restaurants and the local cuisine. What is that like? Can you give us a little preview of what we can expect to eat in Iceland? And can you yes, can confirm I believe it's true. I don't want to say something that's not that all the the meals are taken care of and planned for us.
6: Most of them. Most of them are included, so we have breakfast daily, and we have most of the dinners included. We try to give you a little bit of time to venture out and do some independent sightseeing. Great. Maybe you want to grab a hot dog for lunch. By the way, the hot dogs are incredible in Iceland, even better than Costco. Oh,
0: <laughs> better than a Fenway Frank? Good? I don't know.
6: <laughs> I think so, yes, but... Uh, we're we're gonna have um, our our meals in local restaurants. Of course, the breakfasts are gonna be at the hotel, but in the, uh, for dinners, that first night, even we're gonna take you out to a local restaurant. That's where you get a chance to meet the people and have a little bit of cultural immersion as well. But the food is gonna be fish, seafood, lamb, uh, that type of cuisine, mm-hmm. and uh, choices in the menu as well. So you're not Everyone won't have the same selection. You'll have two or three choices for your meals. But it's uh, going to be a great trip. We're going to see so much um, wonders. We're going to see uh, areas that are going to look a little bit like Yellowstone and Old Faithful. We're going to see geezers where the explosions happen and the beautiful golden circle and experience the natural wonders. Uh, that, that double cascade waterfall I'd talked about, the Gullfoss Waterfall. We'll see. We'll actually stand right in the middle of two different continents and think that Lear National Park. Wow. You'll stand on the crest of two continents in North America and Eurasia, Eurasia Plate. So pretty incredible. And uh, you mentioned the Blue Lagoon also, Caroline. And um, it's been in the news recently, in December, uh, people probably um, paid attention to the eruptions that were happening with the volcanic activity. Yes. And uh, that is actually on our itinerary, the Blue Lagoon, but I've got to tell you that since the uh, eruptions have happened in December, we've actually operated two dozen trips. It, it has not uh, interfered with our itineraries. And uh, we've still been operating. The only difference is instead of going to the Blue Lagoon, we're going to uh, the Sky Lagoon. So the Blue Lagoon is about 50 minutes away from Reykjavik, and Sky Lagoon is even closer. It's only about 15 minutes away. And we've had great, great uh, feedback, all positive. But um, right now the Icelandic Meteorologist's Office has reported... um, that the volcanic activity seems to have come to an end, uh, in late December. So no visible signs, uh, during surveillance flights right now. So all is good. And of course we're, we're not going until November 16th. So, uh, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on things
0: certainly much can change uh b- between now and then but it sounds like it's all going to be great jim edwards from colette travel thank you so much for joining i myself am so very excited for this trip uh and i know our audience is too thank you jim
6: caroline thanks for having us call 800-581-8942 or go to howie to learn more and see all the details thanks so much
0: Thank you, Jim. And for my fellow travelers who have already booked with us, and I know there's more than a dozen of you, I believe even more than that, uh, we have scheduled a virtual meet and greet for January 23rd at 3 p.m. via Zoom to talk about the Iceland trip. This includes a slide presentation of all the highlights and the natural beauty in Iceland. So call 800-581-8942 or go to HowieCarshow.com to see the full itinerary. In details. The trip is November 16th to the 22nd, Saturday through Friday, $3,500 uh, or $3,599 for double occupancy, which includes airfare from Boston Logan Airport uh, all the way over to Iceland. Go check it out, you guys. I hope to see you on the trip. I'm Caroline Levitt, and this is The Grace Curly Show.
1: You're listening to The Grace Curly Show.
0: Okay. Welcome back to the Grace Curly Show. I am Caroline Levitt. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. Rand Paul making some news this morning. Uh, he was out on Twitter saying he has a big announcement about the twenty twenty four race. Hear it for yourself. Cut seven, Jared.
2: Good morning, everyone. As I told you yesterday, I'm ready to say something about the presidential race. I've had a long relationship with Donald Trump, and there's a lot to like there. I'm also a big fan of a lot of the fiscal conservatism of Ron DeSantis. I think Vivek Ramaswamy has been an important voice. Also have listened to and met with the independent Bobby Kennedy. I'm not yet ready to make a decision, but I am ready to make a decision on someone who I cannot support. So I'm announcing this morning that I'm Never Nikki. And if you go to nevernikki.net, you can let her know that you're not a supporter either. I don't think any informed or knowledgeable libertarian or conservative should support Nikki Haley. I've seen her attitude towards our, inven- our interventions overseas. I've seen her involvement in the military industrial complex, $8 million being paid to become part of the team. But I've also seen her indicate that she thinks you should be registered to use the internet that people posting ideas anonymously i think she fails to understand that our republic was founded upon people like ben franklin sam adams madison john jay and others who posted routinely for fear of the government they posted routinely anonymously and I think her failure to really understand that or to think that you should register through the government somehow for the Internet is something that should disqualify her in the minds of all libertarian- libertarian-leaning libertarian conservatives. So I'm announcing today I'm Never Nikki. You can go to NeverNikki.net and sign up and show her that you're Never Nikki also. Thanks.
0: <laughs> I mean, kind of a cop out for not picking a candidate. But hey, at least he's taking a strong position against one of them and laying out the reasons why Rand Paul was viral on Twitter this morning for this video. I'm sure Nikki Haley's campaign wasn't thrilled about it as she desperately tries to convince us conservatives that she is one of us when she is not. And Rand Paul brought the receipts. He did a massive Twitter thread on his uh, X page rather this morning. A few of the reasons she he lists first. Her thirst for war is so strong, she actually said, I'm sick of talking about a Department of Defense. I want a Department of Offense. We know Nikki Haley is bought by the industrial, uh, military, industrial pro- um, military industrial complex. Another reason from Rand Paul on his X page, she even personally received millions of dollars from the arms merchants who benefit from the war. Like I just said, a conflict of interest that undergirds her eagerness for foreign military intervention. Reason number three: Nikki Haley believes in nearly unlimited foreign aid. We've sent over a hundred billion. We don't have to Ukraine already, and she wants more. Jared, you sick of sending money over to Ukraine yet, or what?
4: I've been sick since day one sending money to Ukraine. But hey, at least oh, there's only four hundred million that's not accounted for right now. So, <laughs> so you know, I mean. I split hairs.
0: I can confirm, Jared, you have been anti-war in <laughs> Ukraine since the beginning. And you were right. You were right about it all along. Jared has good instincts. Uh Nikki Haley also believes, as Rand Paul pointed out in the video, that all internet posters, and this goes to many of you, my anonymous rumble chatters, who I love so much, as you have your as you rightfully uh hide behind your code names, as you should. That is your right to engage in an anonymous speech and talk about me on this show in any way you please you have the right to do that you can compliment me you can crap on me that is your right as an American it's your first amendment right but Nikki Haley doesn't want you to have it she thinks that you should be registered and verified this flies in the face of a free American republic whose founders wrote anonymously the federalist papers and routinely posted newspaper articles and pamphlets under fake names. So to all of you who feel so free, as you should, by posting anonymously, not using your name, and criticizing our government, you have a right to do that. Nikki Haley wants you to be verified and tracked and registered. That sounds like it'll be really good for the anonymous posters in the end, Jared, doesn't it? Tracking
4: and registering people. What could go wrong?
0: What could go wrong? I'm Caroline Lovett. This is The Grace Curley Show, 844 4242 Stick with us for another hour.